0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Disciple Makers Podcast. This is your host, Dave Stovall, and we've been working our way through the track sessions from last year's Disciple Making Forum. And up next, we have track sessions coming up from Renew.org. But these are special sessions because they were given to us by the Renew.org women. They spoke to us about the importance of having correct theology, making disciples in women's ministry, handling conflict being pastors' wives, and listening to the Holy Spirit, and walking in obedience. These were some great talks that they gave us, so I encourage you to check them all out and to share them with the people in your life that you believe will benefit from them. Renew exists to renew the teachings of Jesus in order to fuel disciple-making, so make sure you put Renew.org on your list of resources to help you follow Jesus and make disciples. All right, y'all, let's jump into the episode.
1: So I will go ahead and introduce my dear friend, Tamara. Um, so when it came to this track, Bobby was like, yeah, can you um, coordinate and lead the, the Renew Women's Track? And I'm like, sure. He's like, well, pray about who you wanna speak and what topics and stuff. I'm like, ooh, this is getting fun now. So um, So I did, and just like the top three people that I wanted to speak popped into my mind and their topics popped into my mind so quickly. And then I'm like, "Well, are they going to say yes? Like, I don't have much to offer them um, <laughs> to speak." And so Shamar popped into my mind immediately because number one, I adore this woman. Um, we co- When did when did I coach? Oh, two, oh, years so like two years ago, 2019. Yeah, so a couple years ago, um, I coached her at her church with with again doing women's disciple making. Um, she is a lead pastor's wife. She is in co ministry with him, um, and I just adore her heart for for ministry for the kingdom, for the Mm. sacrifices that she and her husband and their family make for the kingdom, and just the way that she um, loves her husband well as a lead pastor Mm. and supports him, but also um, leads the women in that church and really um, leads them with a kingdom heart. And so that's the reason why I wanted her to speak with you guys today, um, because she's a dear friend of mine. Um, we commiserate because both of us have elderly hus- uh, husbands, elderly, elderly parents living with us. And so we commiserate a little bit on that. And she's given me wonderful <laughs> advice um, from my dad who moved in recently. And so um, I'm just really appreciative of that and appreciate her. So take it away, my friend. Thank
2: you, thank you. Oh, Maya, do you wanna
1: pray for us? Yes,
2: yes. Please.
1: Maya is our room mom. We like to call her. Um, she takes care of us in here and she is a massive, awesome prayer. So she's taking charge of that.
2: Mm-hmm. And we just met yesterday. So I'm so excited. <laughs> God.
3: Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to be able to come into your presence. Oh God, it is a gift. It is a gem to mm-hmm. be in your presence. I pray for my sister. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will give her the words to speak to your daughters, oh mm-hmm. God, the daughters that you created before the foundation of the world and placed mm-hmm. in Christ. I pray for the women, oh God, that you will fan the flames within them all, oh God. Make them courageous, make mm-hmm. them like fire, oh God. I ask, oh God, that you will touch them from the crown of their heads to the sole of their feet, oh God, mm-hmm. and that when they walk this earth, oh God, that people will see that they are lights, oh God. Mm-hmm. Let them be great pillars, oh Oh God. And I ask, oh God, that you will bless their legacies, oh God. Yes. Let it be a domino effect, mm-hmm. oh God. Lord Jesus, I ask, oh God, that you will shift and move in a mighty way, oh God. It is for you, oh God, that we live. It's for you, oh God, that we speak out what thus said the Lord. Mm-hmm. I thank you, and I ask, oh God, that you will continue to bless her above and beyond what she can think or even imagine, oh God. Mm-hmm. I ask, oh God, that you will save her eyes, oh God, that you will be on her ears, and I ask that you will give her a sword Lord that she may cut down the things that the enemy is trying to rise up mm-hmm. I ask that Lord Jesus that it be pulled from the root and be replaced with your word Lord Jesus your word is truth and yeah. your word bring healing mm-hmm. it's about you oh God we thank you let thy kingdom come let thy mm-hmm. will be done on earth as it is mm-hmm. in heaven God we look to you you are the author and the finisher of our faith yes. and we seek you in all things O God thank you Abba our great father we ask it done for your glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm so excited to be here. I have been praying for each and every one of you. I know we don't know each other. I know we just met, but I've been praying for God to help me to meet any of your needs if I can during this short period of time that we're together. This is a precious time. It's a precious time because we could be anywhere on the earth doing anything, but we're here together with our minds set on God and how to be better for him. And I think he acknowledges us for that. So my name is Shamara Rose. I'm originally from LA, California. Um, I, got, I went to school in DC. I got my first job in New York City. I lived there for a while, became a Christian there. Um, Went into the ministry there. So I'm not living out my degree as many, hardly anybody is. Uh, My family was really upset about that. Went into ministry, but I definitely felt called to go in the ministry. I love the women's ministry. I love preaching. I love teaching. And from there, met my husband. He's a New Yorker. And then from there, we moved down to South Carolina. I love the South come on I love the South I know there's some there's some crazy things about the South but um, I'm a southerner now and my kids are southern kids (laughs) so I cannot take them to New York they wouldn't know what to do in New York or LA they are beautiful southern children they're very polite they say yes ma'am no ma'am I had to get used to that but um, it's awesome So I wanted to find out who is actually in the room today. I I got to do a little bit of that before everybody came. I was just wondering, you know, the class says pastor's wives. Do we really have pastor's wives in here? And if we do, are you guys uh, full-time, part-time or what? So um, who's a pastor's wife for real in here? Okay. Some boast. Okay. And if you're not a pastor's wife, do you support them or can I get some sharing like what do you do for example? Uh, my husband's an elder that's right. Okay, okay. All right. Husband's an elder. Anybody else who's not a pastor's wife? Yes.
4: Um, my husband has been a pastor for our home ministry or our whole marriage but
5: he's um an associational director now.
2: Okay. And so um I'm, I'm in charge of the women's ministry for the association. So okay. You have a lot of children. Nice. Nice. Okay for those of y'all who are pastors wives, are you guys paid? Can you raise your hand if you're paid like full-time? Okay. You mean the wife? Yes, the wife. Oh, no. Okay, nobody's paid full-time. Okay, you are. I'm paid because I worship and I'm paid part-time. Okay, okay, okay. Is anybody paid part-time? Okay, okay. awesome. Say again, a little bit. Okay, <laughs> here and there, okay. Well, first, what I want to do is just acknowledge you all. And what I mean by that is if you are a pastor's wife, if I could get on my knees and put my hands down to y'all, I would. It is not an easy job. It is not an easy job what you do. And as I wish you could see the faces I see, I see some of you guys like, Mm-mm, no, it's not. I see the the looks like no, it's not easy. And when I think about this job, I think about your amazing commitment. I remember in our church we we tried at one time to put hours on it. Can't put hours on that because you get texts at all times of the day or night. you get you get calls at all times of the day or night. Your husband has to be in the meeting. And maybe you're not expected to be there, but it's with a couple and you're there anyway. So it's an amazing commitment. I would say it's it can be stressful because we deal with people and people can be stressful. People are not that easy. Um, People have a lot of issues and they have problems. And I will say in women's ministry, women are special because women we can be tough and we can have personal issues and personal things. And people have personal things with you or personal things with your husband. And I don't know if you're like me, but if somebody has a personal thing with my husband, I'm over there like, okay, be careful, <laughs> <laughs> be careful, be careful. And I, I have to to really just rein myself back and and, <coughs> and let him handle it. But i be wanting to get in there and handle it. And, 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 that's not good all the time. Your friends in the church are your clients. They're your consumers. What I mean by that is, is you have, you know, a group of best friends and something may be going on with you where in a regular job, you might be able to confide in your friends, but because your friends are in the church where all the stuff happens, they are going to know, sometimes who you're talking about. And so you can't tell your friends. <laughs> you have to find, and this is why I, I love talking to Michelle because I could tell her all my issues and my problems. She doesn't know who I'm talking about. So it's awesome. But in your church it's very, very difficult. I do want to say, so the title of this class is Courage, Conflict and Connection. Okay. And the class is is for to help you figure out how you can support disciple making in your church. I will say distraction is a major enemy of disciple making. And what I mean by that, when you're leading a women's ministry, there are so many pulls at you. Oh, the women's bathroom needs remodeling. It looks horrible. What are you going to do about that? Pastor's wife, first lady, what are you going to do? Oh, the church needs a a playground. We need a new playground. What are we going to do about that? Uh, Pastor's wife, we we need you to form a committee. Pastor's wife, we haven't had a tea this year. We need a tea. And it's like, if you know, I'm sorry, I keep having to wake this up, but listen, if you, if you were to respond to all these different pulls on you, you'll have a tea. You'll have a great looking bathroom and you'll have a playground, but you won't have any disciple making in your church. If you allow yourself to be pulled in all these different directions, you are rare. You're rare. If you have the flexibility. I have the I, I am paid by the church full time. So I have the flexibility to spend hours praying, researching, looking up methods, talking to other people. No one in my church is doing what I'm doing. So if I get pulled in a direction where I'm, I'm off plan this one thing, then then there's literally no one to corral the women and focus them on disciple making. This is something that I had to learn because I like teas. I like going to a tea. I want to organize a tea or breakfast or, or make muffins or sell something. And over the years, my husband used to tell me all the time. He's like, you, you cannot be distracted. He's like, nobody's doing what you're doing. Please, please stay focused on this. And so distraction is your enemy you have to be more focused than anyone in your church on this so that it can happen another enemy is pushback and this is very interesting because you would think that if you're bringing a message of making disciples to the church the people would be excited right the people would want to hear it this uh this has been a little bit discouraging for me because what has happened is as we focused more on disciple making and we talked about it every Sunday from the pulpit and in our conversations with people, I had a, uh, one of the, she's like an elder's wife in my church, come up to me and say, you know, she's like, let's take a walk. So I was like, okay. So we took a walk. (coughs) And she's like, I just got to let you know that so and so came to me and he said, if if I hear Ronnie Rose talk about disciple making one more time, I am going to lose my mind. So she she's, you know, kind of taking me in to let me know that the people are really tired of hearing about disciple making. And it was discouraging because, again, this was this is my friend. This is my friend that I really like who I'm counting on to be on my side. And she's like, I'm just here to let you know, like, can you guys please stop talking about that? And it was so discouraging. And I went back and I thought, should we stop talking about this? Like, should we? Like, and I'm like, I don't think we should. We're the only one. We are here to focus the church on it. So if that has happened to you, Or if it does, I empathize and I sympathize with you because I have felt often like Elisha in the cave. I mean, really. Like after a Sunday, and maybe something happened that Sunday, or I had a discouraging conversation, and I will sit on my sofa on a Monday morning and just think, God, I am all by myself. There is nobody that's in this with me. Now, of course, that's not true. And hopefully if you're feeling any of that after today, you won't feel it anymore. I'm with you. There's other ladies that are with you in this with you. So let's look at a scripture. Now, this is hilarious to me because in the class yesterday, this is the very scripture that Michelle did. So I'm sitting there like, oh my gosh, we're we doing the same scriptures, but it's okay. Maybe we need to hear them more than once. All right. So Ephesians four let's read it together. It says, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Wow. Now I'm an editor. I love English. I love words. I love when you have these sentences that are like eight lines long (laughs) because you really have to break it down and find out. Now, what are we saying here? And who's saying this? And then I didn't even include all the rest that, that she had on the screen yesterday, but it goes on and on and on. Let's look at this. Who gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers? Who gave them? Christ gave them. I don't know why that stuck out to me. It stuck out to me that this is deliberate from Jesus. Jesus himself is like, okay, I'm gathering these special people for this purpose and out they go. Here they are. Christ gave them. And I like to feel like I'm included in that number. I am not an evangelist, but I, I, I do evangelize. I do the work of the evangelist, and I teach and I preach. So if you feel like you fit in there, this is for you. It says Jesus Gave you for something. Why? What did he give you for? What's the verb? To equip. You have been given to equip. It's very specific. Very specific. That's a verb that we can. I can envision somebody being equipped for something. When I think about that verb equip, I think about. Somebody dressing somebody else for battle. Let me put this on you. Let me get you ready. Like Michelle was putting on my mic. She clipped it on me and she put the thing in in my back pocket. She equipped me for the class. It says Jesus gave you to equip, to equip who? The people, the people for works of service. And we could go on and on. What, what, are, the thi- what are the things that are going to be a result of us equipping the people? The body is going to be built up. There's going to be unity in the faith. The people are going to have knowledge of the son of God. Stop right there. Think about that. They're going to start to understand Jesus. And what it was like for him and how he felt. And it says everybody's going to become mature. So all of these things are going to happen. And he meant for all of these things to be in that scripture for us to pay attention to all of the things that will happen when what, when we equip When we equip, all types of things are happening. If we miss this, if we are not equipping, those things are not going to happen. The body (laughs) is not going to be built up the way it needs to be. The unity of the faith is not going to be reached. The people are going to miss a knowledge of Jesus that they could have had. And the maturity is going to be lacking. Because after this, this is where it talks about not being infants and 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 going here and going there, everything you hear, that's where you go. So there's so much that weighs on us equipping. We must equip for this purpose. And again, I will say you are rare when i oh this this hits me so much, ladies, because when you look in your women's ministry, I have women that have told me, I am ready. Use me. I want to serve. I want to be a worker. But yet these are people. One person is taking care of sick parents or their kids are sick. The women are dealing with the distractions that are trying to get to you. So it's like if you have the mind of focus that you need to have. You can't lose it. You can't lose it because there's not many people thinking like you're thinking. All right. So I'll just share for me. I I shared a little bit earlier. I haven't been great at this over the years. I have been very distracted. I have been, you know, in my job of leading the women's ministry also, leading the children's ministry, okay, putting on that hat, finding volunteers, buying scissors and paper, buying snacks. I've also been in this role and in the music ministry, song leading, playing the keys, Ronnie's on the drums. It's like, so we have a small church and in a small church, you may not have the musicians you need. You may not have the children's ministry volunteers that you need. And guess what? If you don't do it, who's doing it? Probably you. And my mom is on, on the keys, too. I'm on the key. With, and it's like, oh, my, this, this is, you know, something's got to give. Which are you going to choose? And we had to choose. We're going to be making disciples. If the music sounds bad, if there's a lack of volunteers, then, then that's just how it's going to be. But this is what we need to focus on. All right. Moving on from here. So I keep bringing myself back to the title of the class. How can you support disciple making in your church? And here's my answer for you. Be. A maker of disciple makers yourself. I think that's the if I could put the whole class in an answer, I think (laughs) I think that would be the answer. And somebody said it yesterday, as a minister, as a pastor, you're calling all the people to do something. It's helpful when you are doing it too. So I want to share a little bit about that now. So a week ago, I was meeting with one of our D groups. Um, It's one of the D groups that we have that that has mostly young single women. So they were like in their late twenties, they're meeting together. So one of them, she's like, oh, you know, I just got to share I just don't know what my purpose is. She's like, I've been praying and, and asking, God, what is my purpose? And I've been listening. I don't hear anything. And so I'm sitting there like.
0: Hey, let me interrupt for just a second so that you can hear a brief message from our sponsors. Here they are.
6: Wouldn't it be great if someone who knew what they were doing, who actually had proven results, would just share with you exactly how to make disciples? Hi, I'm Doug Burrier, a decision scientist and a real-life disciple maker. This year, I'm discipling six of my neighbors. That's crazy. They don't even go to our church. My friends and I made 1,392 disciples last year. So if you're tired of hearing the same old blog and keynote messages, droning on about the why, the need, and the theory, I want to invite you to hear the simple how-tos that have bunches of churches and hundreds of people making thousands of disciples all around in the world, how to recruit. How to get them to love reading the Bible. How to transform them. How to run a meeting, like a real proven agenda. How to make individual disciples in a group setting. How to give people the wonderful, abundant life that God promised them. This is what I found in Sustainable Discipleship. It's not materials. It's not another program. It's a simple, repeatable set of how-tos. If you're ready for something proven, practical, and different, visit sustainable-discipleship.com. That's sustainable-discipleship.com. The team will be happy to share with you everything God shared with them.
0: All right, let's get back to the episode.
2: Wow. So we still got people here that don't know what their purpose is. So I said, well, let's look at a scripture. This is the scripture that we looked at. Michelle looked at it too. I told you we got the same scriptures in here, but I said, let's look at a scripture. Now, here's the thing. We all know the scripture. We've been hearing it our whole entire life. If you grew up in church, I had it memorized the King James Version when I was five, we heard it in church so much. But here's the thing. The scripture has power and the scriptures are alive. They're alive all the time. The scriptures that you knew from childhood, you look at them as a 40 year old, 50 year old, 60 year old woman. They speak to you in a different way. So we looked at the scripture. And first, is anybody here uh, familiar with the discovery Bible study method? Anybody ever heard of that? Okay. Okay. I'm going to model it for you today. It's something that has been transforming our church. It's been really great. So I'm going to show you exactly what we did at our D group. We looked at the scripture and we all read it. And it says, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So I said, does anybody have another version that they would like to read it in? So somebody had the message and they read it in the message. And so from there, I asked them, okay, somebody summarize it in your own words. As if you were telling your friend. As if you were with your friend, you didn't have your Bible, but you were verbalizing the scripture. Would anybody like to take a shot at that? Any extroverts that don't that don't care? In by in by in by in by okay. Yeah, um well
1: Jesus. Saul and his people that were following him, and some of them doubted, even though they were worshiping him. Mm -hmm. But he told them, um, because I have this authority in heaven on earth that's been given to me, I want you to go, because you're my disciples, and make other disciples of all nations. I want you to baptize those disciples Mm -hmm. in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I'm going to be with you. Don't worry about it. I'm going to help you and equip you.
2: Yes. Thank you. Thank you. That, that, that is a very powerful tool to be able to take the word and digest it and then just put it in your own words. Just that it, it's, it's the Deuteronomy scripture. It's talking about it when you're on the road, when you sit down, when you get up, just, just saying it in that way. So we did that. And then after some more discussion, we we discussed and, and just talked about it. And I said, well, what is the spirit telling you? What do you feel like the spirit is telling you that you need to obey from that? Because that's a key question. We can read that. Oh, yeah. And, and we can even discuss it in a great way and pull out some really great insights. But guess what? What are you being told to obey? From the scripture, this is really Christianity right here. What? How am I leaving different when I leave? When I close? When I shut my Bible and get in my car? What's different about me as a result of of reading that scripture? So, does anything come to your mind when you read that today, right now? What can you say you will go and do? Make the Who said that? All right. So you might decide, well, for me, it says I, I have to go make disciples and I'm deciding to do that. And that's exactly what these girls were saying. You know, now, remember, the original thing was, oh, I don't know my purpose. I'm, I've been praying for God for revelation. It's like you don't have to really you don't need really a revelation. You know, by reading the scripture, the scripture tells you, OK, well, if I am a disciple. And if I believe that these are the very words of Jesus, and they are. I've heard about a, a red letter movement. These, these people that only believe the red letters of the Bible only. Well, guess what? Red letters. <laughs> Jesus is saying this. We believe in Jesus. He's, so you, sh- you have to get up from the table saying, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm going to make a disciple. I'm going to make disciples. I'm going to obey this. So, we did this in the group and the point is is to get people to close their bibles and leave and obey. So in our church, my goal is to equip every woman to do that. It's to equip every woman <laughs> to be able to go somewhere and make disciples. This method, this Discovery Bible method, I'll tell you why it's key. In our church, we have studies that we typically do with people to help them become Christians, but not everyone feels equipped to do them with other people. They're lengthy. They have, I mean, they're great. They're really, I mean, I got converted through those studies, but they're, they're a little lengthy. There's a lot of illustrations. And your average person feels like, I I just don't have what it takes to do that. The discovery Bible method, what what we kind of just modeled here, anybody can do that. Your youngest Christian, somebody who's not even a Christian yet can do that with their family. That has happened where somebody took a scripture and went home to their mom and said, mom, look at, read this with me. Let me retell it to you. What do you think God is telling you? What do you think the spirit is telling you? You need to go do. And I forgot the last question. Who are you going to share it with? That's the last question. Anybody can do that. And so our dream for our church and what I'm trying to do is take each and every woman and equip her to go do that somewhere. I don't care where it is. It could be at her job. It could be in her neighborhood. It could be with her family. So if the answer to the question is, how can you support disciple making in your church? Be a maker of disciples yourself. I'm showing you this is what happens in our groups. And now I'm going to share a little bit about me. So I'm from L.A. We moved to South Carolina and we moved to this neighborhood in Greenville that I love. I love this neighborhood. This is my first time. I mean, I grew up kind of in the hood and then I moved to New York. I've always lived in in bad neighborhoods. (laughs) And this is my first time living in a neighborhood where my kids had the freedom they I mean, they would play outside, it wasn't a big deal. My son rides his bike, I kinda don't know where he goes and he shows back up. I just, I just love that. And I know many of you and many people, have gr- they grew up that way where they had freedom and they were out in their neighborhoods. I didn't grow up like that. I couldn't go anywhere, I wasn't allowed. I, I couldn't even walk to the end of my block mm-hmm. because it was so dangerous. I didn't walk to the end of my block until I was 18. So I love this community. And I feel like God sent us here on a mission. Now, what what else is funny about our community is there's about 500 homes and I think there's six black families. (laughs) So everybody knows who we are. And this is hilarious to me because I'm like, I'll meet people and uh, they'll say, oh, I know where y'all live. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you don't have to tell me. You live on um, Rock Road, and you live in the house that's up. Oh yeah, I know where you live. I'm thinking like, oh my God, they know where I live. <laughs> they know me, and they know my name. They'll drive around in the golf cart. They'll, hey, hey, Miss Rose, hey Shamar, How's Steven, How's Kaylin. They know my kids' names. I'm like, oh my God, I know that person. So it's a commute. It's a great community where people. They 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 want to be interconnected. They want to have relationships. And I'm just not used to that. So it's awesome. So being put there, my husband and I were like, we are the mission team for this neighborhood. Now, I mean, I don't know who doesn't know God and who does, but we look at ourselves like, okay, we are here. This is our neighborhood. We fast and pray for our neighborhood. We walk our neighborhood. We pray for the houses that we pass. We pray for the families that we pass. We keep a list of the neighbors that we meet. We go through their names and we pray for them. We came to the neighborhood looking for ways to serve the neighborhood. Now, this is difficult in America where everybody has everything. I mean, what what do people need to be served with? But we were still looking. So this past summer. The first thing I did was, you know, we were praying and fasting for our neighborhood and we were looking for needs. Like, what do people need? And so I met a lady and she's like, oh, I'm, I'm starting my my business and I need somebody to edit my website. Now, I do love to edit, um, but I was like, oh, do I really want to commit to doing this. And I was like, you know what? I'll do it. I'll edit your website for free. So I started doing that for her. And then also our son joined the swim team and they needed somebody to work concessions. I was like, okay, I'll work concessions. And then we found a women's home that was helping women come off of addiction. I was like, okay, I'll come help there. So this is something else that we do in our church too, is we encourage everybody find a place to serve and stay there. Like not, I don't mean like you served in the soup kitchen and you came back home. But plant yourself in a place where you're going to be for a good amount of time so that you can build relationships there in the hopes that you can make some disciples there. So I'm, I'm reaching out and I'm, I'm trying to meet these different needs, really not knowing which of these circles I may be able to put myself in to try to have a group to make disciples there. So the lady that I'm editing for, she's like, let, let me take you to lunch one day. We go to lunch. And um, we don't talk anything about, um, you know, anything spiritual, really. And she, we're walking to the car. She says to me, you know what? I had an idea. I had an idea for our neighborhood. She's like, I have a vision. My vision is that we would get women together in the morning after they drop their kids off. And we would pray together with the women. And she's like, don't worry. I'll get the women there for you. You just do what you do. Because she knows I, I teach and preach with her. She's like, you just do what you do. You bring your Bible and you do your thing. And I'll get them there. And I'm sitting there like, what? Now, my friend, she's not like spiritual. Like she's... She does her thing. And, and it is known if you look at what is I'm just going to say she does her thing. And this is not the person that I would have expected to be the person that's like, I'm going to open this door wide for you. She knows everybody in the neighborhood. She, I mean, her house is the house where they they have the events and everybody knows her. And I'm like, this woman is opening the door for me. Like, I don't think I could have put myself out there and been like, hey, everybody, let's have a Bible study. But she can do it for me. And she has been my person of peace. So I said, okay, listen, let's get together. Let's plan this group. And so we talked about, you know, it, it's, it's, it's going to happen. So she's like, I think we should do it in January. I said, that's fine. So that's one thing. So this is kind of what, we are encouraging women to do. I have a woman that she is a single mom and she couldn't come to church on Sunday because she had to take a second job at um, an assistant care facility. My girl is like, I'm here at this assistant care facility on a Sunday. The people don't have a church service. Why don't I give them a service? So she goes, gets her own communion supplies and they roll in. Um, I don't know, like, like some kind of music thing so they, they can sing. She sings hymns with the ladies and the men and does a message. Oh my goodness. I was like, this is great. So our services are switching to afternoons. And so now more of our people can actually go and help her do this service. That's one thing. Another woman, she's retired She wants to do something to her neighbor and she got on her neighborhood Facebook page and she's like, okay, I want to have a Bible study. Anybody that's interested, let me know. People are letting her know. Um, So things like that, like helping these women to, to be who God wants them to be. They can bring the scriptures to people. They can help people become disciples. And it's going to look different among the women. But the spirit works. I would not have ever asked the single mom to do that. The spirit worked in her and gave her the idea to do it. And she is doing it. And even, you know, aside from that, like our goal is, is for people to start groups, but out of this has come, you know, this, a good friend of mine at church, there's a guy there that, um, he's not a Christian, but she's super attracted to him. She's really trying to do the right thing and be righteous. And this has helped her to have spiritual conversations with the guy to try to get him to where he needs to be. So just trying to get women to be disciple makers, really.
0: Hello Disciple Makers Podcast listeners, I want to invite you to the 2022 National Disciple Making Forum here in Nashville, Tennessee on October 5th and 6th. Jesus had a strategy, a plan, and a roadmap for making disciples. In other words, He was highly intentional. He guided, coached, and developed His disciples into full-on disciple makers, and by living out the Great Commission, they changed the entire world. We're constantly gaining new insight about intentional discipleship as we look closely at Jesus. And if we're thoughtful and prayerful, we can apply many of those same practices today. So head on over to discipleship.org to buy your tickets for the 2022 National Disciple Making Forum. I look forward to seeing you there.
2: All right. The last thing I want to talk about is spiritual health um, for pastors' wives, and this is Uh, A very important thing. I've been in the ministry. I've been a pastor's wife for, uh, 23 years and many, I've had many, many friends. Uh, how can I say, just say they, they, they couldn't do it anymore. It was too much. The pressure was too much. Um, and their mental health suffered because of what was going on. So for me, one of the things that's most important for me is that my mental health and my spiritual health stays great. The tricky thing about this is that every woman is different. When I was young in the ministry, when I was 23 I, I, I set out to find the secret to women's ministry. Really, seriously. Every time I would go to a conference, I said, "I'm going to find a secret," and I would, ask, I would ask women, "So, what do you do? What's your schedule? Okay, what do you do?" And I would write, write notes, and I would keep my notes. And you know what I found? Every woman is different. Yeah. Every woman is different. Some women, they can be running around the whole week, running here, running there, and discipling ten people. And they are happy and good to go. The next woman, it will send her over the edge. She can't do it. The, the next one is totally different. She has her, she has small kids and she puts them in daycare for two days and those are her ministry days. It was like I, I couldn't find. So I said, you know, maybe God is saying to me that within yourself as a woman, at the end of the day, you, you have to be accountable to God. And do the very best you can. There's a scripture in the Bible that says she did what she could. I think that's so funny. I mean, it's, we're taking it way out of the context, but it's a, it's a little scripture that says she did what she could. And I, I, I love that. I'm like, you know, every women's minister does what she can. She does her best for God. So when it comes to spiritual health, I just wanted to leave you with uh, a few things. Number one is Jesus. Jesus is my friend. I tell him everything. I have no problem telling him everything. And sometimes I allow myself, I'm a writer, so I like to write my prayers and I'll just be writing and be so mad. And and I just let myself get all the writing out how mad I am. And every time I do that, the spirit disciples me. It's like he allows me to see my issue or my anger, my madness, and he will tell me exactly what to do. And I close up my journal. I'm good to go. That's just me. But whatever it is for you, the prayer, the fasting that you do, however you can connect with your friend. And let me tell you, I have abandonment issues. I have some real things that have happened in my life that have been very hurtful that make relationships hard for me sometimes. Jesus never leaves, which I love. I love it. He will never leave you. He, he's the same. When you get on your knees, you know who you go into is the same person that you've been getting on your knees with the whole time before, and he's going to stay the same And I love that. And he and he keeps my mental health in check. Like, I'm good. People ask me, oh, are you good? I know it's a lot. I'm like, I'm good. I'm telling him what's going on and he's going to help me. And I also look at my past. And there have been times in my past where I've told him, if you will do this for me, I won't ask you anything else. (laughs) I mean, really, I mean, serious things with my children with one of my kids really had some development issues and it was horrible. And I, I think I cried for a good three years straight and I, and I would go to him and say, God, if you do like literally impossible prayers and he has shattered them, he's answered them. And so in obedience to him, I'm like, you've done it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm really trying not to go crazy with this. I know this whatever this present situation is is crazy, but I I asked you to do the thing before, you did it and I'm and I'm not tripping. <laughs> I know you're going to do this thing for me. So I'm telling you this is how I walk myself through my mental health journey because I have a lot of friends they couldn't take it over the edge they went. And I'm like I really love the ministry. I want to stay here. I don't want to go over the edge and these are the things that help me to stay sane. The second thing is a team. I can't overemphasize this enough you guys. I struggle with my faith. I'm very negative. When I when I come home from a Sunday and it didn't go well, what am I thinking? Oh, why are we even doing this? Oh, well, I sh- never should have went to the ministry. Should have stayed in editor. Should have stayed in LA. Why am I what is God trying to tell me? I'm ter- you know, and you need just a few people a few faithful women that won't let you go over the edge i'm telling you that when you when you're there they'll listen to you but they'll tell you oh but you know you're awesome You know you are awesome. You know you need to be. What are you talking? You, but this is your strengths. This is what. This is what God put you here for. He chose you. You prayed, remember? And He answered, remember? I mean, because I don't know about you, but there's a ton of people that sometimes. Be eager to jump down in the hole with you like, I know I, maybe you don't need to be in the ministry. Maybe you maybe you didn't need to move here. And And like I get that, but I don't. That's not what I need at the time. I need my team. I need people on my side. And there's there's not a lot of people that have that faithful bent. So when I find them, I'm like, all right, so. You, you gotta stay my friend, you gotta stay my friend. And I know I'm that for people. And I, try, and I, I can't be that for a hundred, but I can be it for a good few and I try to be that. And Michelle is actually one of those people for me. And I, I, I tell my friends this a lot. We had a relationship that wasn't in person. She only knew me over Zoom because we're in different states. And she would say things to me like. She would say. But you're a competent women's ministry. You know what you're doing. I remember she told me that once. She said, you know what you're doing. And y'all, I actually said to myself, but how do you know I know what I'm doing? (laughs) How do you know? And I was like but if you came to my church, maybe you wouldn't think I knew what I was doing. Maybe if you saw. And I was like, how is she able to extend that trust and confidence in me, a person that she's never met? And I'm telling you guys, I would get off the phone tripping out, like looking at the phone like, this was weird. And my husband is like, why Why does this affect you this way? And I think some of our, our, our interactions, we just, We don't get that a lot. Like there's nobody saying you, you though, you got it. You know, you got it right. You know, God has chosen you. You know, you know, he's given you a gift. He's, you know, you're gifted. You know, these are your gift. We don't have anybody doing that. And that is awesome when you have it. And we need to be that for other people. And I really try to do it. So you need a team. Boundaries. Another one that I love. Another one that I love. Teaching people not to rely on you. Yes. Yes. You're the first lady or whatever they want to call it. But um, no, you got to feed yourself. You feed yourself on your own sofa, at your own kitchen table, in your own living room, on your knees, in your Bible. I, I do what I can, but I, you can't rely on me to, to, to feed you. Like we used to hear that a lot. I'm not being fed. Well, I, what can I do? You, have, you're, you, can, you can feed yourself. We live in America where everyone can get a Bible. And most people are literate and can read it. And guess what? If you can't, you can listen to the Bible. You can watch it on YouTube. And I'm not not saying that we don't know that Ronnie doesn't preach and teach. and I don't preach and teach. We do. But I'm saying it takes people out of the ministry. That pressure of, you know, all these people. I I don't feel fit. Oh, you got fit? Uh, No, I know. Nope. You have to know what. God is expecting you to do whatever he expects me to do. I'll do it. But some of the stuff that people put on your plate, mm-mm, it don't need to be there. So we take it off the plate because we want to be mentally and spiritually healthy. Right. And then the last play, the last thing is being a safe place for your husband. Oh. Now this is another tricky thing because everybody's got a different husband. <laughs> yes. Everybody's husband is different. And, and this is what I've noticed in marriages just throughout my time in ministry. You tend to balance out your marriage. If your husband is a super, super introvert, you'll tend to be like, okay, you know, like we're not, we can't all both be, or if your husband, I have people whose husbands are, uh, one, one good friend of mine, her husband is, is great, but he's bipolar. So she's very, she balances the whole thing out and and she, she, there's a lot that she takes. It's just hard. Okay. So all of our husbands are different and you have to learn how can I, how can I really lift up this man and make it awesome for him? There's a series on Netflix called first ladies. I think it's Netflix and if you haven't had a chance to watch it, it's amazing. It goes through the, a few president's wives and it shows how some of them are different. Like you have a Hillary Clinton who was very involved, who was very out front. And then you have like a Lady Bird Johnson who was not, but she was in her husband's ear. Like she, it was like, there were so many things respons- that she was responsible for that people would never know. With my husband this is something that my husband does that's really funny that I just had to get used to. So he does this thing where he he goes off and he he's been researching something or he's been talking to somebody and he gets really, really inspired. And and now we're going to do a whole thing now, you know, in the <laughs> church. And and so and I'll be sitting there. I'll be just sitting there like relaxing. He comes in and he's like. Okay. I just talked to so-and-so and I'm just, and, and it clicks in my mind, like, okay, here we go. It's a, we're going on a thing now. We're doing a thing. And I gave it a name. I call it Dream Blast. Dream Blast. And I just have to sit there. You ever see the person with the, the air and the hair, their hair? It's a blast. And it's just Dream Blast. And I'm like, okay, 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 okay. And I just and I sit there and I have to watch my face. And I have to watch my, my heart, my faith, and be like, okay, just hold on, hold on. We It's going to be okay. And the truth is, most, you know, 99% of the time, the ideas he has are really awesome. They really, truly are. Um, I just am not a risk taker, and I don't like that whole, like, what are we doing now? Just tell me what we're doing. And But we're, you know. So, you know, I don't know if any, any of y'all have husbands that are that way. But um, you know, you're there for a reason. And sometimes I have to play the advocate like so so what now? Like weren't we doing this, you know, just but it all it, it works out well. So that's all I got guys. Uh, went a little long. Apologize for that, but um hope that's encouraging to you.
1: Yeah, thank you. Now y'all know why I love this woman, right? <laughs> I mean truly, adore this woman. Um that's awesome. And I love it when God tells us to take risks because I had never heard her speak. I have no idea at her church what she does as far as teaching and that kind of thing. But God was like, no, Ash I'm like, all right. So and I remember Bobby, his wife is here, Cindy, um, saying, well, do you know how she does when she speaks? I'm like, no, no. no. <laughs> but I think it's gonna be awesome. And he's like, well, all right. Um, so and obviously, God didn't let us down, did he? So thank you, Shamar. Does anybody you. have any questions for her? Okay. So I'm probably in your husband. Repeat the question too for the for the mic.
4: Okay. Yes. Um, I would I'm very type B. I'm super extroverted, but man, I'm just like. What? <laughs> and so I don't feel like, um, I would say I'm not super reliable. I'm like, I'm a great friend. Like I'm so relationally, I'm very, very good, but like, I've always hated school. I've always hated reading. My Bible is by far the top hardest thing I've ever tried wow. to force myself. And I literally have to force myself mm-hmm. and I'm still just doing real bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not a elite pastor's life, thankfully, but I'm a worship pastor's life. Okay. And, um, maybe there's some yesterday we went there or two days ago they're like just read your bible, just read your bible just read your bible and i'm like okay <laughs> so i was i don't know exactly what my question is but more so like i know that i'm supposed to do mentoring discipleship i know that i know what i'm supposed to do but it's that discipline yeah of doing it
2: yeah mm-hmm.
4: and Cause I like I, my personality is I'm really good at starting stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm not the person to be in charge of keeping it going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm like, here's the train, jump out. okay, you drive? <laughs> so I don't know if there's a way. I feel like maybe your husband might be similar in mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. easily faster. So,
2: yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how was your husband like? Oh, and let me repeat the question. So she's saying she's super ext- extroverted, um, very full of ideas. And just not super reliable, but just wondering, like, how she can do what she needs to do as far as disciple-making. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. How's your husband?
4: Um, he is steady Eddie.
3: <laughs> right. He,
4: he molds to other people's personalities, but he's definitely more like, he's not introverted, but right. he's as introverted as an extrovert gets. Right, right. So we're a perfect balance. Yes. Uh, but... I think he's also type B though.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: so like neither one of us are crazy structured
2: and- well he's an art he's a worship pastor, yes. so he's an artist, right yeah yeah well, just to encourage you um, one of one of my children is like the, does not learn in a typical way, yeah. and I had to find how can how can we do this whole school thing? And so a lot of times when there would be material to memorize, I would have to go find a YouTube video on it with pictures that explains the whole thing. And he remember the whole thing. Mm -hmm. He remember it. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for you, I love, I love your type. I feel like people like you adopt me. They, oh,
4: definitely. they friend. adopt.
2: Yes. The, the extroverts will adopt an introverted friend because we don't go out and pick the friend. They pick us. Yeah. So you, you likely round out your husband. And I wonder like what the, what the culture is in your church with your lead pastor, like if they're heading in a certain direction, do they want people to start groups or anything like that?
4: Yes, they're very, or our whole staff's pretty new. Mm -hmm. I've only been a pastor for two years. Wow. And our pastor has been there for three years. Okay. And then each pastor after that has less. Yeah. um, Even though the church has been established for a hundred years. Yeah. Oh, it has been a major, like. We're taking this
2: in a whole new direction. Wow. Well, that's awesome. That's
4: really exciting. He is very like, I want people to be in each other's lives. So right now, they're just trying to get people to buy into community Mm -hmm. groups and like doing life with other people Mm -hmm. by yourself Mm -hmm. and accountability and being vulnerable and letting people in. So that is the driving force.
2: Yeah. I think you can definitely like just start there. And Michelle helped me a lot. She mentioned that she coached me, um, which renew coaching is just such a great uh, resource. Like it was awesome for us because our churches were different. And so it was like the scales falling off of my eyes to see a new way of doing things. So that's something that you could look into. But as far as whatever your pastor is doing, I would, I would just try to hop on board with it and, and, and model it with people. And when we started doing our, our people didn't, it was something so new for them Mm -hmm. that we were kind of, it's hard to implement something you're hearing, but you don't know what it's going to look like. So, but don't be afraid of making mistakes because we made a lot of mistakes and and we're just in a in a better place two years later just because we tried and we gave it the effort. So, I would see what they're doing and and just try to hop on board and do it.
1: To encourage you, I'm just going to stand a little closer yeah. to the mic. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, I've discipled
1: women that that are very similar to you. Like right now, there's one that is the is the worship leader's wife, and she is she's all over the place and in a beautiful, wonderful mm-hmm. way. You know, but what I what, I would encourage you to find a steady Eddie, um, that is just really reliable and give them permission to hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. So you go, we're going to read through the Psalms the next 150 days. That's what we're going to spend doing. Hey, what'd you hear this morning? You're like, oh, I gotta go. Let me go. But after a while of going, you're going to actually start doing it that's and true. you're going to start right. because it's going to fill you up. Yeah. Um, and it's just getting into that habit place. Um, but if you know that somebody you love is relying on you because you know what, she's having a bad day and she didn't get to hers today. You know what? I haven't heard from her. It's like nine o'clock. And usually she texts me by like seven 15 that she's done hers. And I haven't heard from her. I'm going to get on it. And I'm going to tell her what I learned because I want to encourage her because mm-hmm. I love her and she's been doing this for me. So mm-hmm. I would encourage you to find somebody like that. Yeah. Um, and or, or two or three of you. That do it together um, and do something like this home, mm. something that's really predictable. that Every single day, you just do it, you know, mm-hmm. um, because that'll just get you in the habit. Right. Um, and once you're once you're living it out, you're you're feeling yeah. good. Yeah.
4: Is it is it, uh, is it? I feel guilt being like, is it fair to go to somebody and say? I can't
1: totally. I do it. I do it in my position. I'm like, Hey, so yeah, I'm struggling in this area. And, and you have to have those people in your life that are safe for you to go. I know that I have this title behind my name, but guess mm. what? I don't get it right all the time. And I am struggling in this area. So will you help me hold me accountable in this? Um, or, Hey, this just happened yesterday. What's your take on it? Um, And you have to have those safe people in your life. Yeah, we all do. We all do, especially pastors' wives, elders' wives. That's
2: great.
1: Do you have something?
7: Well, I am you, but I'm 50. (laughs) (laughs) And I've been in the ministry for 27 years. And uh, the struggle is so real. And let me just say, you're beautiful who you are because God made you. Mm -hmm. And um, I lead worship, but I don't play piano. And I lead worship, and I'm I'm a preacher's wife, and I don't have a lot of mercy. Um, you know, there's something God works on me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And I think Michelle is so right. If you can put people around you like these beautiful women do for me, mm-hmm. that will accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. You're probably the idea person. You're probably the go getter. You're probably the rallier. And that God made you for that. They, we need you, right? Mm-hmm. You also need the note taker and the prayer. And just like Michelle yeah. said, and it takes time. You've got yeah. to give yourself a lot of grace and to understand there will be people that without come, come into your life that you think will be that person mm-hmm. and they aren't. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. with That's okay. Yeah. So, But you have to stop looking and you don't allow the Holy Spirit. Right? You allow yeah. the Holy Spirit to keep moving. And working in you to grow, and 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 everybody has a weakness. Yeah. If you're a type A, let me tell you, those girls have weaknesses. And just like you said, you'll adopt them, you'll love them, yes. and then you'll say, "Get off the list. Let's go. Let's right. go do something
2: else." Right, right, right. <laughs> That's awesome. It's, it's
7: just knowing. I mean, I struggle. It's it's hard. Yeah. It is so yeah. hard when you are not the typical. Preacher's wife, you know, I don't, I, I don't keep a list. I don't do any of that because I'm the rallyer. Yeah. I'm a lover. I'm the, I'm the Holy spirit mover. And you know, that, that speaks to those people that says, listen, the Holy spirit spoke to me. You. you're, you're, they, we need Everybody, but, yeah. but sometimes when you are that person that's a little feel scatterbrained, you feel less than yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Yeah.
7: those who are the great, amazing list makers. And yeah. Yeah. that is a lie from Satan in your life.
1: Yeah. And you
7: cannot allow him to speak that. You cannot allow that to be held over you. Awesome.
2: you know? And
1: I would encourage you. Maya just brought something up. that's, that's beautiful. And I'm so grateful that you said that. Was fast and pray about who those people should be.
2: Yes,
7: absolutely. You
1: know, I mean, Mm -hmm. commit it to God and go. God, bring those people into my life, and He'll illuminate somebody on on Sunday morning that you're like, huh, hadn't thought about that person. You know, and you go over Mm -hmm. and you talk to them, and all of a sudden you're like, yes, you know, can we have coffee? Mm -hmm. Um, and invite people to coffee, uh, and just have a conversation Mm -hmm. and just let your guard down i we, i know that that as pastors wives and elders wives and staff people we can um feel like we have more to lose if we let somebody in um cuz we we do you know what i mean they can people know so much about me they could tear me to shreds if they really <laughs> wanted to but at the same time because they know everything i got nothing to hide mm-hmm, like i mean everybody mm-hmm. knows the pitfalls of my marriage they yep. know where i messed up with my kids but it's there's a freedom in that, you know. So so start your young ministry life yeah. with that transparency mm-hmm. and that freedom um, because it will serve you well in the long run. Otherwise, you're just gonna have to make up for it later because it's all gonna come out. Mm-hmm. I mean, my problems is don't be sorry. <clears throat> you here. I
5: wanted to throw the towel in. I was ready to quit. I'm the interpreter for the deaf in my church. I'm the pastor's wife. I'm Medea to the kids. <laughs> I've got all these titles, and I take care of my mother who has all time. She lives with me. She's been living with me for five years, and it's getting worse. That's a full plate, and yes, and everybody keeps coming up. You need to do this. You need to do this, and it's like I don't have anybody I can talk to. I don't. Last time I invited somebody, it was like the newspaper community sure. knew everything. There's a big blow up at church. It divided. Mm. I said, that's it. Mm. I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. So my husband comes up, because you know we're in this conference, don't you? And Alex message. And I threw I was in the kitchen and I threw telling him, I said, You know I'm fixing to hit you. Really? you know I, the I,
1: the to I love that. Yeah. I want <laughs> to hit you
5: exactly. okay, because you. You, you know I want to quit. Mm. And he's like, but did God quit on you when you were on drugs? And I said, well, I come when on. You, I yeah. said, I hate when you do that to me. I hate it when you do that to me. But he's like, but seriously, I said, no, because I should have been dead five million times. Yeah. I said, but I had been playing this over for 27 years. But y'all are starting to make me think about this. Really? Wow. I'm thinking about going back. It was easier to deal with everybody sure. when I was messed up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But messed up. Messed up. I don't know how to lay my guard down for mm-hmm. me to have the accountability yeah. person to talk to because like I said when I do confide in somebody they are like a freaking newspaper. Yeah.
1: Did you know someone so said this about you I <laughs> I would encourage you, just like Shamara mentioned, find somebody outside your church.
7: Yes. Find somebody. Oh, yeah. and, and
1: that's why I'm a safe person for her, because she she can talk to me about some of those things that are happening in the community and in her church. Mm-hmm. And with her mom and all of those things that I don't know any of these people. I'm never going to meet any of these people. That's um, and true. even if I were a vault, if I were in her community, it would be hard for me not to look at the person that right. she was talking about right. and go,
5: oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you know. It's really hard. hard. When and I Yes, I have never done that. I prayed mm-hmm. all the time. I don't mind praying because God knows when I'm in traffic. It's all I do is talk because being I, I, nervous yeah. in traffic is horrible. Mm-hmm. But I never fasted.
1: Yeah. So
5: I want to thank every one of you ladies for the encouragement. Yeah, okay. Y'all have been a godsend. Oh, God. And You're I welcome. just want to thank you all. And y'all You're are welcome. heroes. You're I can't wait to get My inflation. husband and
1: I and David Roadcap did a webinar on fasting and prayer mm-hmm. um, that I really encourage you to. It, I think it's, it's on discipleship.org. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got the resources. Yeah, it is there. Okay, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, you know, you do them and then you're like, where do they put um, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a webinar that's on there that is, that gives you resources, but also just has encouraged people in the, how to start, mm-hmm. like how to how do you even just start from the beginning mm-hmm. um, of it? And, and so it's not intimidating and it's not, you know, this thing that, that only the elite Christians do yeah. or anything like that. Cause it shouldn't be. Yeah. I don't know how much
5: this says really meant. We're glad you're Cause
1: yeah. I'm serious about have for
5: town and I'm done.
1: I can't do it no more. Well, yeah. We're glad the only towel you threw was that dish towel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for being here. We really appreciate it, and uh, we love tomorrow.
0: up next we've got another episode from renewed.org women so make sure you click subscribe to be in the know for the next release date and as always thank you so much for listening and i hope that you have a great day